Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. (laughs) And I'm Ian. And on this episode, we are going to go into our thinking, doing, playing, and uh, ho, 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 Ryan. What's hey, uh, the topic hey, don't for this call, one? Don't call me that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Have a sip kidding. eggnog. I said sorry. <laughs> yep, we're going to be doing our holiday gift guide. I'm going to get it out early to you folks this year. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They are the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award, presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we'll finish off with our wish lists. All right. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We are going into the segment titled Thinking, Doing, Playing Board Games. And um, uh, Ian, it's been a while since you've taken point on this one. Oh, okay. So I have not been playing board games. (laughs) (laughs) I've been stuck in my house and not yeah it's that's where we're at right now numbers are going up and i'm not inviting people over or going anywhere so instead i, I, I thought i, I, I would think switch. i think that's a general theme yeah, yeah <laughs> i am sure that's yeah, a universal commonality right now so i'm thinking outside the box a little bit and instead of recommending a board game i'm going to recommend a tv show but it is related so yes. This TV show is one we watched. Uh, it basically took us one weekend to watch the whole thing. Uh, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. How many episodes? There's like seven. Okay. Okay. That's it's, not, it's, it's, yeah. That's not as crazy. It's, one, it's like a shorter series. But this is a, well, it's a TV show about chess, which of course drew me in. So the story is that um, it takes place in the 60s and the production is gorgeous by the Mm -hmm. way like it looks 60s the the fashion the sets it's magnificent but the story is this young girl who is an orphan she grows up in an orphanage and she starts learning how to play chess from the janitor at the school there and ends up becoming like a um what do you call it a a savant right and so and she kind of in kind of shows her working her way up the ranks of the chess world and like becoming playing grand masters and all of that and it's a really cool story um it's very well acted uh, anya taylor joy is the actress there and 
just really well written and just a well-told story all around. And what I really like is that they pay respect to the chess. Nice. Like they've actually they've actually brought in some grandmasters as um, consultants uh, for the show. consultants. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Consultants for the show. And so all the chess moves are like legit chess moves, right? The board setting is always an actual board setting. You know, the checkmates are checkmates yeah. that would work. Like you can study them and. And they all work. And the conversations they have about chess, like the history of chess, all the opening moves, it's just fantastic. So if you're a chess nerd, <laughs> check this show out. It's cool. really good. Question for you. Have you seen Searching for Bobby Fischer? I have not. Oh. Well, I think I have, but like a long, long, long yeah. time ago. That's that's um, one of my favorites. And, uh, yeah. I, th- and which compels me to want to start watching this. But as you put it, this this warrants a sit down give your give that show your full attention because i mean the first thing i used to work in the film industry and the first thing that i noticed was the production quality and and how like you said it they they nailed every detail of that era like mm-hmm. perfectly right there was no yeah. suspension of disbelief you bought it immediately oh yeah it's it's great stuff and they go into like the mindset of the Soviet chess players, right? And how cool and like what they do to win and how they're different than the American chess players. And it's the, really um, neat. I did treat myself with what, just because I wanted to get a sense of, of, uh, of, of that whole first, you know, you dip your toe in kind of thing. And I watched the first 15 minutes and I immediately started laughing not laughing but kind of like that smi- that very you know uh, um content smile on your face head nod because it was like your typical like rock and roll roll out of bed um um hair of the dog that bit you and 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 you see this going oh what's going on is she is, is she leaving a crime scene is she leave? and then all of a sudden the door pops open and re- the moment that the reveal happened of that and i don't want to be a spoiler but the moment that reveal happened of what she was walking into i thought i i fell in love right away i'm like oh i am in i just have to like i said find the time and give this the respect it needs yeah. so yeah, do do that because it's really good. The first episode where she learns how to play chess um, with with the janitor at the school there, just the way that their dynamic and their relationship changes based on what he's willing to teach her in the game and what he doesn't and when he does, fantastic! Like it's just oh, fantastic series. Right on. Highly recommend it. Excellent. <laughs> as we're as we're talking, I could see Ryan go. I've got a chill. Oh, here we, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, now, I with the with the actress, I've never seen her, um, her her any any like her repertoire. I've never seen her in anything. But what a unique, um, whoever did the casting. I think I think putting her in the lead role, um, was very it was just it was meant to be right because she just has this unique quirky quality to her that yes, sets her apart sure. visual and the way she plays it too just it sets her apart from the hoi polloi of of the you know the popular culture kind of thing yeah she'll probably be up for some award contention i would assume yeah 
So awesome. Th- there you go. There's your television recommendation, board game listeners. Yay! And it's game related too. It so is. Well, why I brought it up? It, 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 it's a topic that visually doesn't like come out very often. That there's a like a like a, a media other than like say podcasting or how to play board game videos. It doesn't reach like that ultimate pop that pop media. Yeah, you're outlet, right. Like, ga- ga- gaming in in general. So that must say something about the, like you said, the story is well written. So, yeah, for anything to have traction, I, I always, I always think content first, right? Mm-hmm. So, yay, awesome. Well, you know, I'll follow up and I'll let Ryan finish this off. But uh, uh, I had the opportunity to, and I put this, I was chasing this one down because it was out of print for a while, and then they did another run. But uh, Kitchen Rush. Um, <laughs> now, Kitchen Rush is a, uh, I'm just going to quickly bring up my stats here, uh, designed by Vangelis. I'm not even going to try and say the last name because uh, there's just way too many consonants in it. Um, and David Tertzi, Ryan, you know this guy, uh, published by Artipia Games, and I think Stronghold brought it in. And um, it is... It, it's that new thing that's coming out there with worker placement, but worker placement with sand timers. And um, it's, it's you're basically two chefs. It's a cooperative game. You're two chefs in a kitchen, and um, you have orders to fulfill, and you have little benefits and bonuses to do. And it's such a cool um, uh, interpretation of what you can do. Um, with a sand timer as uh, as your worker placement because you basically go to like it, it, the layout is pretty straightforward. It's the kitchen and then and then your 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 kind of front of house transition area and you've got your ovens, your sink, your storage, uh, the office, um, the the like the the mise en place um, area, and um, you go in and and you put your timer down and you get your ingredients. And the cool thing about this is that is that um, there is a there is a meal timer so you have four minutes um, for the first service yeah in in this four minutes you that's when you use all these sand timers so you have to be very diligent in regards to uh, um, order of operations because once your sand timer goes down you can you know go into storage and take the the the, the food items you need for your or for your plate but you can't use anything until that timer runs out, which designates, you know, it takes time to do this. Um, I, I'm, I'm having so much fun with this. I started playing with my daughter and uh, we both, um, uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, we, we got lazy and we got a Switch game called uh, Overcooked. Um, uh, oh, the first one and Overcooked 2. And it's basically, uh, they're both kind of the same idea where you're, you're trying to solve this puzzle as chefs and it's a cooperative and uh i'm having so much fun with this this is what a great connection to the theme like the idea of your timer is over here and you have so much to spend on cooking this part of the meal yeah and then so much like that that's a great theme mechanic connection it's fantastic and and another even little kind of twist to that is some of the meals will will have a cooking time that's either zero which is a salad you don't have to cook it all the way down to like uh, an order that has like a, a steak on it that that needs to be cooked um three times as long as uh, salad which doesn't take any time so you have to be at the oven flipping that timer progressing that meal um inside that four minute uh, um uh, um you know um restaurant interval so 
Yeah, it is. I mean, the first time I did it, of course, like anything, you, you, uh, um, uh, I was prepared to absolutely stink up the place, and just because I need, I wanted to learn the mechanisms and the and the game system. Once we got that figured out, oh, this is, <laughs> it's sort of, <coughs> it's, it's, it's not like a, it's not like an anxiety attack, you know, where you're like, oh, the timer's tick ticking. you sometimes you're just sitting there staring at it, waiting for your timers to like empty out. Okay. And then you, and then you quickly assign those things, get those things going. Uh, you try to balance it out that this timer is going to go before this one. And it is unique. It is so cool. And it's about food. Who doesn't love a game about food? Yeah, this was like one of the first ones, I think, that used that mechanism of the, the sand timer was the worker. Yeah. It's got to sit there, and it's going to sit there for X amount of uh, time to complete, to essentially complete its job. Like you said, it takes time to gather the ingredients. It takes time to Cook. prepare yeah. and thing. And, then it and the dishes washing, to... too. Yeah, you got you to gotta wash your plates. Oh, you got to wash the dishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there's somebody at the sink that washes, uh, the, you know, you get to pick at least three dirty dishes and put them on the, uh, on the clean plates area. And the, the same company with the same mechanism rethemed it, and I think it's called Hospital Rush. And you are an emergency room taking care of all these emergency cases that come in. So um, as, as far as the theme goes, I'm more inclined to go with, you know, this theme because, you know, it's uh, to us, it's a little more interesting. So, yeah, I would I would totally recommend um, uh, y- uh, you guys definitely have to uh, have a shot at this. We're going to have to do a Ziploc bag game pass. All right. I, I, I wipe <laughs> this one down and we're going to you get to Ryan gets it for a week. And then so, yeah. And, 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 to ha- and to have uh, David Turksey's name on it, this is a very, quite a bit of a different um, thing for him to uh, to be a part of and, and, and part of that design team because he's really known for like the, the really heavy, crunchy Euro um, type of game and to have something seems like on a little bit of a lighter end, but still got that, still got that thinky puzzle. Like he's yeah. a very... Um, almost like a master designer of the thinky puzzle. Got to do the, like you said, do the order of operation. What has to go first? What has to go second? This has to do this, has to do that Yeah. type of type of thing. And him to bring it into like, say like a more of a, maybe like a family, more yeah. like a family weight type of game. Yeah. It's really quite awesome. It's really quite amazing how some of these designers, um, how, how, how they do that, how they can switch their brain <laughs> from a super heavy economic thing to hey we're just gonna flip sand timers and wait for and complete orders and type yeah. of thing it's really quite it's really quite unique i want to get into the brain of some of these designers <laughs> cool well ryan i want to hear about because i want to hear about the game you talking about because i saw uh shut up and sit down talk about this and and immediately went oh it's not coming to north america for a while yet so yeah, so the one game, so the one game that Jen and I have been managing to play, uh, and we've actually got quite a few plays of it in lately, is uh, Mandala. It was a 2019 release by Lookout Games, and the designers here are Trevor Benjamin and Brett Gilbert. I'm not familiar if they've designed um, anything else. I didn't really do my research on that part, but Mandala is kind of like this, another one of these two-player only abstract type of games which jen and i really really enjoy uh playing 
And what you're doing in Mandala is that it's a it's a it's a, it's a card driven game. And really, what's kind of on the on the board, and actually the board component is really quite nice. It's a very nice uh, fabricated. It's fa it's a fab piece of fabric that has this very wonderful art display um, on it. And mm -hmm. what there are there's they refer to them as mandalas. And really, what I like to think about is that there's kind of like two little mini games going on at the same time. There's uh, the left hand mandala and the right hand mandala. And then what you have is it, it's a big old deck of cards where there's, um, I think there's six different colors, and I think there's 18 of each of these six different colors inside this massive deck of cards. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be playing cards to um, one of two areas in either the left-hand side or the right-hand side. Like I said, there's two mini-games that you got to kind of balance and manage here. Um, the main thing that we're gonna, what you're going to do is you could play cards to the middle row, which they call the mountain. And when you play cards to the mountain, that allows you to refresh your hand of cards. That you're allowed to have up to eight, mm -hmm. and you're going to be playing down cards. And way to get more cards is to play into the mountain, which allows you to draw some cards off the top of the deck. And adding cards to the mountain is kind of important because those are going to be the cards that are going to be used for scoring, eventually. Okay. Now, how do you get to choose who gets the who gets what card from the mountain? Well, another area you can play to is called the your field, which is just the area below the mountain, and each player has a field. Mm -hmm. What's really kind of cool about this is that once a particular uh, type of card, I'm just going to refer to them as colors, like black, yeah. green, red. Once a particular type of card has been played to an area that type of card cannot be played into any other area. Ooh. So if there's a red card in the mountain, neither player can play a red card into the field now. Okay. Or if, uh, if I have a yellow card in my field, well, now a yellow card cannot be played in the mountain and cannot be played on my opponent's field. Kind of a lockout system. Cool. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a neat in, in that regard. And then what's the importance of the field is whoever's played more cards to the field to their field will get first pick of the cards from the mountain mm -hmm. and then how a uh, mandala will eventually score so you're doing this on two sides once um there are all six different types of colors present mm -hmm. so either in the opponent's field the mountain or your field once all six colors are present the game stops temporarily and you score and how the scoring goes is, well, if I have four cards in my field and Jen only has three cards in her field, I get first pick from the mountain. And I'm going to choose one type of, uh, I'm going to choose one card type, and I'm going to take all of the cards okay. from that one type. Now, the importance is the order in which you claim your cards. This is the really, this is the puzzle part of it. Because if the first color I collect is black, well, there's a little area on my side of the mat that says, okay, the first color you collected was black. So you're going to score one point now for every black card you collect from here on out. Okay. Now, the second card type of you card you collect, let's say in a later round, I collect a orange card and it's my second one. Now I'm going to score two points for every orange card I collect. And it kind of gets the later you, you collect colors, the more points those later colors are going to be end up being worth. Oh. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's a very hard thing to kind of verbally describe. But uh, once you play a round, once you, once you do a round of collection, you go, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I see how this I'll see how this works. And you're doing, like I said, 
there's there's two of these mini games going on at the exact same time. So they're trying to figure out which <laughs> mandala do you play into, which how do I I want to maximize some scoring. Oh, I'm gonna I see that I'm gonna be able to get a whole bunch of green, and if I can make green worth three or four points. I could see a lot of bait and switch going on in this game. We've only just really, like, it seems like a very simple type of game once yeah. you start playing it, but we've only kind of really stra- started scratching the surface of the different types of strategies. Okay. You can, like, you can try, you can, like, like I call it the, the Mandala Rush. I can try uh-huh. to make, make it score really, really quickly and just do that over and over again and try to collect... Uh, because one of the end game triggers is once somebody, once one of the people have collected all six colors at least once, the game will end. Oh, okay. Or if people are yeah. stalling, well, you got until the deck of cards runs out. Yeah, good. Some timers on all sides. I'm sensing, now correct me if I'm wrong, is there some kind of azulness going on here too? Uh with Not, that whole picking up all the same color right away that meant it's, hey it's it, it's the pick up of the same color is the only real thing that's why I would consider uh azul uh like and again you're only going to do that when the mandala I call it scoring I yeah. think the game calls it breaking but I don't know we really like this one we cool. I'm glad we discovered it cuz this one's kind of like I say hey what kind of what two player game do you want to play Mandala seems to be one that we kind of keep on picking up. Like, it's not going to surpass Targi. Like, yeah. Targi is still like number one in our books. It's going to be, but I can probably if Gideon. I can probably see this one top three. Well, I'm getting two player, two player type games. This is a puzzle that you and Jen haven't figured out yet, and it's really kind of neat. The only downside right now, like you said. It's not widely available in North America right now. <laughs> I managed to get my copy. Uh, one day and what and i just saw it on the shelf and i said oh this yeah. is a neat this is kind of a neat uh game i've heard a lot about it cool and yeah cool <laughs> ian you've been totally quiet in this one have you been soaking up knowledge here <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, i was just wondering uh yeah it does look like azul or what's that what's that what's the colors and patterns one? Oh, uh, Sagrada. Sagrada, yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Not mechanics-wise, but, like, aesthetically, that's what it reminds uh, me of. And I don't even want to go on air, because I don't even know, want to know what culture <laughs> this is inspired by or what mm-hmm. culture this has come from. Yeah. But it, it's it's that very, yeah, much that Azul and Sagrada-inspired type of uh, renaissance. Cool. Right on. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon.
And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going into the topics of interest, and it's the Holiday Gamer's Gift Guide. And a jing, jing, jingling, din, 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 do. <laughs> and like we said at the end of it, um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna run off our uh, our own little wish lists, and um, uh, and we'll go from there. So, so I guess we're playing like elves right now, <laughs> yeah. or I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I for me when when. Uh, uh, Come on, role-playing guy. Uh, give me, get me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You're gonna call me out on that? Well, let's start off with the first question, or the first topic, or the first item, uh, and it goes: the gift for the person who is just uh, getting into the hobby of board gaming. So, um, uh, people got to know that type of person, yeah, right? Yeah. They're not really, they're not really into board games yet. They're they kind of been wanting to dab put their put their toe dip their toe into the pool before they j- jump in yeah um a lot of people call like call, refer to them as gateway games i don't like that term i like to use the term entry level games so what's a nice entry level game um and uh ryan you you, you might as well because it's going to win the, it's going to win the award of our of our lists for the holiday gamers guide so you might as well say your first pick so um, one of my first picks was one of my top games of all uh, of all time, and I really enjoy Clank, Clank the deck building game. I think that it would be a really really good um, game that so so somebody's just getting into the game, uh, board gaming hobby. I I really think that that uh, that deck building aspect with the board, it's not an overly complex system. Um, you can pick up on that concept of deck building really, really quite easily. And I really do like the addition of being able to move a piece across the board. And there's the competition of going in, get the treasure, and get out. It's not an overly long um, uh, game. So I would recommend, and it's quite widely available still. Mm-hmm. It's very, It's been very popular. It's getting lots of expansions and lots of added content um, to it. So... I would recommend going and checking out Clank, the a deck building adventure would be one of my would be one of my picks. Right on, I, I endorse that one. That's a good one. Cool, Ian, what do you got? Um, I don't know. Have I ever talked about this game before? Wingspan. <laughs> Have I mentioned that <laughs> by chance? Once or once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I think wings, Wingspan fits the bill pretty well. It's uh, mm-hmm. the art will attract people right away. It looks awesome. Like it, the game looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a nice, neutral, easy theme to get people into because um, not everybody likes, you know, fantasy dwarves killing fantasy orcs and all that junk. <laughs> so I think this is a little bit easier of a theme to get people into. And I think that you, they can pick up on the rules really easily, but yeah. there's a lot there to, to bite your teeth into as well. Yeah. Cool. Wingspan. Um, uh, I went with, and I don't even own this game, but I recognize the fact that it appeals to a lot of people um, who are new to the hobby, and it's Seven Wonders, because um, I was thinking right away with something like this, don't complicate it for them, Uh, and Seven Wonders is such an (coughs) uncomplicated game. It's, it's, It's like card drafting. Pick a card, pass them over. Now, again... Um, the people who are really good at this game are have basically memorized the deck and will me- like track the cards. That's going over the over the top for me. Seven Wonders I think appeals to a lot of people because 
Um, I've heard it's a good two-player game, and I heard it's a great seven-player game, and everywhere in between. And to me, I think that covers the basis for someone who's coming into uh, into the hobby. So yeah, and the simultaneous play helps too. The fact that everyone's playing at the same time, there's mm-hmm. very little downtime. Yeah, yeah. Th- a three-player game is going to take the same amount of time as a seven-player game, pretty much. Yeah. And and it just came out with a brand new shiny new edition this year too. <laughs> so it's widely available. Lots of copies out there. Well, and that was the other thing too. Is I'm not gonna. I, I don't. I don't think it's too kind to recommend a game to entry level people that it's out of print, right? I mean, so this this is widely hit it widely available. So yeah, and uh, back to you, Ryan. So another one that I kind of thought of that uh, it's been a it's been a hit with people that are non gamers, just kind of getting into the the thing. And I want to recommend the Quacks of Quedlinburg. It's a very uh, nice, it's a kind of like a bag building uh, type of game where you are just putting ingredients into a bag and you're pulling them out and putting them into your potion. And it's very, very nice. And again, this is kind of like the Long of the Seven Wonders. It's simultaneous play. Yeah. So it doesn't take a long time to go and you're only going to play for, I think it's like 10 or 11 rounds of just pulling ingredients, putting them on your board, count the spaces. Every ingredient, you can make the game as, as uh, simple as you want or as uh, complex as you want because mm-hmm. all the ingredients have different powers and there's so much different variability to it. Yeah. So like I said, and so you can have a very entry-level game and once you get the feel for it, you can make it a little bit more advanced. And even the little bit more advanced, it's not that no. much more yeah. to the game. And, oh, uh, we have a lot of fun with this one with a lot of different uh, type of feel. So I would recommend going and checking out Quacks of Quedlinburg. Cool. Cool. Ian, do you have uh do you do you want to pull uh, Sure. One, pull so I'm trying to it's kind of hard to recommend stuff cuz you never know exactly what the conditions <laughs> are, but I like the categories we're doing. So yeah, somebody getting into hobby board game, but I also want to pick like not the ba- the straightforward ones like Ticket to Ride. Yeah. 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 Buy Ticket to Ride, but Yeah. But uh Catan. Something yeah. that you might not consider. But maybe Parks. Ooh. Right? Parks came out last year. It's a, it's sort of like Wingspan. It's a gorgeous game. Yeah. Um, great production. It's got a pretty easy system to learn, but it's interesting at the same time. So it'll get people thinking, oh, there's some neat stuff going on here. Board games can do some neat stuff while yeah. still in a system that's pretty easy to, mm-hmm. to tackle. That's the one that uses the same type of mechanism as Takedo. Yeah. Where the yeah. last person is. Yeah. I, th- I thought that, like you just said, give them something that's new mm-hmm. that they haven't seen before. And, and that, yeah, good pick. Good pick. Um, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to follow up with uh, one of my favorite card games is Bonanza. Yeah. One of mine too. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Bonanza hits, hits the, uh, the, the, the right note here. Uh, for people entering the game because um, everybody everybody's traded before right every it's like you've traded hockey cards you've traded like I mean you can go into every stage of your life that you've probably collected and traded stuff so this is a trading game and you're trading beans and uh, the cool thing I love about Bonanza is um, the unique as we call unique mechanisms um, is that uh, you can't organize your hand you always have to as the cards come in it's first come it, you know the the first in your hand is the first to go first to go and the last in your hand and it just it's basically you're holding a queue of cards 
you can't organize them, uh, which basically drives a lot of my friends nuts because that's what they like to fiddle around and put <laughs> them in order. And it's like, no, 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 you they got to play them this way. So, uh, and, and again, that plays. I mean, it plays an okay. Like Sophie and I play as two player, but there's a two player version. But she likes the two player on this one, all the way up to I think it's eight players, seven players. That sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. So again, it's one of those games that will cover a lot of bases in regards to how many people show up kind of thing so um and i've and put it this way i've yet to play a game of bonanza that i w- that wasn't fun right i mean they're every even the games that i suck at um i'm still having fun because you're trading it's it's active it's, yeah that's engaging i would even go as far that a lot of people's entry into hobby board gaming would be settlers of Catan. And this is kind of like a nice step in that direction because what's the draw and the appeal of Settlers of Catan is that trading um, yeah. aspect. And this game is almost pure, almost always trading. You ha- yeah. if you're not if you're not trading, you're not playing this game right. Well, you can't get the so. same jokes as uh, as Bonanza as you can in Catan, right? So <laughs> beans aren't funny as uh, sheep and wood, so. <laughs> Well, my, right. my my son my son knows that beans song. Everybody knows the beans song. Yeah. <laughs> or is that just a Canadian thing? Um, do we want to go to the next category? Sure. Yeah. I sure. Feel. Ian, read us that next category. Okay. So, what about gifts for the experienced gamer? So, somebody who's you know probably most of the people that are that listen to board game podcasts, for example, but maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. So. If you're already an experienced gamer, what are some games you might want to get for them? When I was thinking about this, I'm trying to think, well, I want to suggest something that's not overly popular, right? Mm-hmm. But also something that has a lot of options and a lot of things you can you can grab onto and, and multiple strategies that I would think somebody would like. Again, this is a hard category because <laughs> there's so many different people, it's but... Like- picking music for people too sometimes yeah, right? yeah kind of. it's like yeah yep so the first one i thought of was lowlands so this is one i've reviewed on the show before it's the one where you're trying to prevent sheep from drowning and uh <laughs> sorry so you're, a, you're got, got a laugh you're a sheep farmer and but it's it's got like the idea of you can buy it there's a whole bunch of different buildings you can buy and you can base your strategy based on what buildings you build on your on your sheep farm and then this got lots of player interaction as well. So I think there's a lot that experienced gamers can can grab onto and and try to play with, right? Try to strategize. Um, but I think it's a game that just doesn't get a lot of attention. So I wanted to point that out. Yeah. So if people like Euro games, right? If they're really into into the Agricolas and Lahavs and those kind of games, I think this is definitely one to check out. Yeah, I totally agree on that pick. That's a great pick. Um, uh, I'm going to uh, suggest for the experienced gamer um, uh, one that has made my brain itch and I want to I want to play it over and over again is Spirit Island. So speaking of Catan, Spirit Island is the reverso <laughs> kind of thing where instead of uh, in Catan you're trying to colonize this ter- the, the territory in, in Spirit Island, you're the island trying to get rid of the colonizers and uh, and the the locals are doing the same thing trying to rid the imperialist uh, um, oppressors for uh, from expanding and, and exploring the territory um, 
completely like incredibly variable in regards to how you yeah, how you set yeah. up the the map itself um the spirit powers the the, the very like so many different spirits and um it is one of those uh it, it's a cooperative game that um it, it, it's it's one of those cooperative games where you can't have any alpha gamers and for the for the people who don't know alpha gamers are the the ones who want to be the quarterback and tell everybody what they should do on their move um, it, it, you don't see that because you're so busy trying to figure out your own puzzle in your own area of that island that uh, that uh, th- you don't have time to to like direct everybody else's moves. You focus on yours and you try to interact as you can. Um, the cascading effect in this game, if it if it goes off the rails, it goes off the rails fast and hard. Um, if you can, I remember Ian, you telling me where if you can keep all of the, the, the elements in check, then you can, you can come off with a, with a satisfying victory. So, um, Spirit Island. Yeah. It's such a intriguing multi-level puzzle that, uh, is, is aggressive. <laughs> and as a, as a gift, I think that works really well. Cause if you think about, if you get a board game as a present on Christmas, Right, you want to open that sucker up and check it out, right? Check out all the different parts. And so, Spirit Island's a game that's got lots of parts to check out. So, I think that's a great, a great option. Oh yeah, you can dive in and just revel. Cool, yeah, Ryan. What do all these things do? Oh, yeah, with the powers. Yeah, all so, these cool pictures. Good, Ryan. So one uh, thing that I was thinking about was um, every experience. I'm not getting you, Ryan. You know, you, you can't hear me. Oh, I got you. Ian says he can't hear me. Oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me, Ian? I can hear Ian. Oh, I can, can hear Ian. Okay, now I can hear you. Was it uh, was it just me that couldn't hear him? I think it yeah, was it was just you. Oh, you maybe mean? it's my mic. My <laughs> headphones. <laughs> oh, got to put an edit Sorry, point in. <laughs> yeah, nope, no, no, we no problem. I thought it was your voice again. Okay. Yeah, no, I had to make sure. Okay. Um, so one thing that I was going for with the experienced gamer is I thought I was trying to think of a game or a couple games that I would think that if you're really into hobby board gaming, this would be something that if you if you know that the person doesn't have, that this would should be something that is on their shelf, that they would have, want to have on their shelf if they don't already do. And so one, one of these games was Brass. Mm-hmm. A, a, like Brass Birmingham, Brass Lancashire, like just Brass. Um, that typical martin wallace economic type of game and i like brass as it's not like it's a brain burner like it is a thinky game but the the system of brass is not overly like it's a it's play a card yeah and now what do you want to do with that card type type of deal and there is the interaction with the other players at the table as well like um um i gotta use i gotta have coal to build this one building, oh crud! The only coal that's on the board is Norm's, and if I pull all his coal off of his building, it's gonna flip, and now he's gonna get some stuff because I had to use his stuff. Just to it, provide um, a quick context, um, thematically, um, we're talking about a uh, the Industrial Revolution in Great Britain when coal right. when coal was the driving force of the industry, which 
and iron. Which, which is the big economic aspect of this game. Yeah. So I just wanted to pop that theme in there just in case someone was going, well, right. well who yeah, are thanks. you? What's going on? I, I got over, I got over ambitious. You got excited <laughs> about, oh yeah, Wait, I, I totally get it. Coal's still the backbone of the industry though, right? What? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It, like we're yeah. still. We're, 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 I think we're still in this day and age still reliant on coal and fossil fuels and 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 whatnot. But I think brass is a great game, even if you don't have like like Roxley just came out with it yeah. was the is the 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 new art editions. Even if you find that old edition, that the game itself still stands oh. up um, um, to this to this day. So I highly recommend for an experienced person, uh, experienced gamer, if they don't have it on their shelf, um, check out Brass. Cool, Ian. What do you got? What's your second okay, one? Same reasoning as before, but maybe just kind of a, on a different line. I suggest Underwater Cities. Yeah. So, again, this is one that's, you know, it, it got quite a bit of buzz when it comes out. You don't hear much of it anymore, but it's one of those games that's got lots of options. And so, in this one, it's very card-based and kind of like Terraforming Mars, which is, of course, much more popular. But you've got a whole bunch of cards that you can lay down and will help you uh, determine your path to victory. I don't know that I've ever had victory in this game, but it's a good engine builder. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, again, it's one you can take out and check out all the stuff when you get it <laughs> Christmas morning. Right on. Uh, I'm going to do a quick, uh, this one's going to be quick. I won't talk about too deep, but um, I, I, I think I'm on a pattern here. This is a co- another cooperative. Um, this one's Black Orchestra, and uh, you are part of the, um, what's the movie again, Ian? Uh, Valkyrie. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the whole planning on assassination, the assassination of Hitler. And um, uh, it's, a, oh, it's a fantastic cooperative game. The, it's a card-driven system that's um, a map of Europe during different stages of, of Hitler's uh, beginnings, his rise, and the crescendo kind of thing of the war. Um, certain areas on the map open up at certain times of the game because it follows the the the, the narrative or the the historical thread is fairly accurate. I mean, they'll come in different sequences and different steps, but um, like Kristallnacht and all these events within the context of that historical uh, event um, are are. Are tr- like are accurate and um, the the one thing that I think is so cool about this one that differentiates itself from uh, other cooperative games is that um, if your character that you're playing uh, it, it, the the levels of like um, uh, morale and and uh, um, conspiracy if those levels are out of whack and the Gestapo uh, event comes up you're taking you're taken to headquarters and interrogated and you pick up an interrogation card and you have to keep that information secret. You might have flipped on your team. You might not have flipped on your team. You can't say because as you come out of interrogation, you could now be a turncoat. You could now. So that aspect is so cool in a cooperative game where now it might not be so cooperative. And to win at this game... It's like the planets have to align themselves for you to success- successfully accomplish what you need to accomplish to win in this game. So it's another one of those 
really difficult, um, like Ghost Stories, difficult uh, games to be successful on. But I think I think the most interesting part is the the game narrative that you develop with with the players at the board in regards to just about getting there and oh we missed him by like oh we just would have done this before and oh we would have had a chance right just all of that energy in the game is so fun to watch so that's mine black orchestra good for the history buff yeah and i like to go on record too that norm went on record saying that that was going to be quick it was quick. It was quick. I mean, compared to by, 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 by Norm, by Norm standards, that yeah. was quick. Yeah. Well, okay, I guess I'm going to be timing yours now. Ryan, go. <laughs> okay, we're going to rattle off two ones that people have heard me talk about over and over again, and I have given great positive reviews in the past. Maracaibo and Root. Two fantastic games that I think that would be um, great for any type of experience gamer. Maracaibo has got a very good engine-building type of meaty alexander fister type of game gameplay root is on a whole nother level of complexity inside of board games where it's very asymmetrical factions all playing completely different from one another um but again such a great great system that um if if the experienced gamer that you know about does not have those on their shelf i would argue that well especially root root i would put at the top of that list that should be something on every hobby board gamer shelf. I, I've all, always joked about Root as uh, Winnie the Pooh goes to war. Oh, the woodland, <laughs> the woodland creatures are finally the, fighting. Hundred Acre Woods is in chaos. All right, yeah. Ryan, do you want to uh, lead us into the next category? Yeah, so this one kind of goes along with the experienced gamer because I thought of this category <laughs> as in. What do people, especially like my wife, um, what kind of gift do you give the gamer that has everything? Like has a collection of 300 plus board games and bling and shelves and neoprene mats. And when they have everything, what could you possibly, possibly think about getting that particular um, person as a gift? And what's your answer? and my, my, my answer was just more gaming accessories. <laughs> so when more shelves. Get, get, get yourself a Kallax, yeah. Ikea Kallax shelf. But like some gaming accessories, like if, they, if they're a card game player, maybe you want to get them some nice card sleeves. Uh, not necessarily just like the dragon shields, but maybe some card sleeves that have some nice art on them that maybe match some of the games they'd like to play or if they're a card game player deck boxes deck boxes are very popular for yeah keeping their uh, dice trays or dice towers maybe you just want to bring your gaming table to life a little bit uh with some fancy maybe they have a lot of games maybe they're absolutely unorganized and maybe you need maybe they need an insert there's a we talked about gaming inserts a while ago they could get them a folded space or a Broken token, Meeple Realty type of nice insert. Yeah. Or go on to Board Game Geek or Meeple Source and get them some upgraded components, some upgraded bits and metal coins or something like that for their games. Cool. Um, those are kind of things that I kind of tend to, like Jen asked me, like, well, what do you want for Christmas type thing? And I'm like, well, you're not going to get me another board game because you think we don't need any more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she <deal>. didn't. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, you know, accessories are always are always kind of nice for me so i thought that if that person has everything seems to have everything get them some nice uh 
get them some nice accessories for their games. Cool. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to go next. And uh, Ryan, you can time me because this will be the fastest one. I'm going to pander to our sponsors and um, I'm going to do what <laughs> I'm going to do what my wife does for me all the time because she's just like, I'm not going to buy you something that you don't want or you already have. So she gets me a gift card either from Amazing Stories, Dragon's Den Games and and of course, Breakout Escape uh, Rooms and Board Game Lounge. So, uh, yeah, if if you don't want to be responsible for picking something, then just give them the 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 ability to go pick themselves so i fully endorse i fully endorse this option as well yeah <laughs> just, give, just give me some money <laughs> um ian i saw yours here and I, I i'm curious to understand what this one is so oh the bowling ball oh i know it's just the simpsons <laughs> reference that's all a custom-made bowling ball <laughs> but i was actually i just kind of got this idea now when ryan was talking about his gaming accessories and i thought wait what if you're a person who hosts game nights a lot mm-hmm. maybe don't think about the game part, but maybe you want likes to get new, nice looking snack bowls or coasters or something for the hosting aspect of, of yeah. your gaming room. That might be a the neat event. idea. Yeah. There should be some company should come out. Oh, there we go, Norm. This oh. is your next project. Here we go. <laughs> you can make uh gaming bowls and gaming coasters. Have like little I'll get little right symbols, meeples or whatever on them. There you go. More woodworking fun. Cool. I I also fully endorse this idea. I want some of those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, let's move to the next category. So now we're going to get a little bit more specific now, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, that one, that one, I mean, I think that was just for us to (laughs) let our wives know, hey, it's all right. You can just give me money. I'll go get my own games. Um, uh, This next category is really cool. The gift for people who like card games. And uh, I'll leave this one in. And one of my favorite card games is Arboretum. Uh, you are basically making a, uh, a tree park. Um, and it's basically a, uh, you're, you're trying to make a sequential connected um, path of, uh, of trees. And, uh, and everybody's trying to make their own. And I think the, the, what kills me the most on this game is the simplicity of it. And the the angst of of it as well, because you pick up two cards and you play a card to your Arboretum and you discard a card. Now, the interesting thing is that people can go dumpster diving in your pile and go after what you just got rid of. So it's it's sort of like, do I throw it? Because if I throw it out, someone's going to pick it up and I just don't want to. That game is just way too much stress for me i love it so much arboretum that's a great pick mm-hmm. okay um, so oh yeah go for it ian okay so yeah when you said card games i wasn't sure if we were talking like ryan's nerdy arkham horror card games or something <laughs> dragon ball <laughs> but i kind of kind of went more of the if you like you know if you like rummy in those kind of games so that's what that's what i was going for yeah okay that's All what right. i thought yeah. Uh, so a couple games I'll mention that I learned from on BGA Board Game Arena over the lockdown with my little BGA group. A um, couple games I learned off of there are Six Nymphed, which is a really dumb name. I don't know what it means. It's German probably. I don't actually know. Um, and it's about cows, but it's really cool. <laughs> it's a really cool card game uh, with a neat system. You've got like 120 cards, but you've got to play them in order but there's like four rows that you can manage but you don't want to take an entire row it's a it's a really neat game it's 
pretty easy to learn and it's fun it's dynamic cool coloretto is another one uh, i like zulu retro a lot it's like you're building your own zoo but coloretto is kind of the simplified version of it where you're trying to collect different colors of these chameleon cards mm -hmm. but you can't collect too many or you start losing points if you have too many colors so you kind of have to limit what what cards you take and you're sort of cool. taking bundles of cards at a time they're both quick easy games and yeah fun to play fun to learn right on ryan so one that i'm gonna uh pump up here was one that got a lot of buzz and it's very widely available right now because it's really in the kind of like the hotness yeah. right now for card games and that is the crew um i think the quest for planet nine or something yes. like that and uh this is that it's a it's a cooperative uh trick-taking game where ian yeah. loves trick-taking games that aren't just a st <laughs> standard deck of cards um we haven't actually played this one myself i have it sitting i'm just waiting for when uh we can kind of get get together and play card games but uh yeah, that I like the aspect that it's a it's a cooperative where there are missions you have to go on, and um, from what I gather, it's just like hey, people at the table, you got to like one of the missions, like oh, the, the the person that has like the lowest card in their hand, they have to make sure that they take the trick with the blue rocket or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's like some some simple conditions that you have to figure out as a group how to play your cards so that that person's going to get that certain type of trick. Oh, and then there's the aspect that you cannot, once the game starts playing, you can't talk to one another. But there is like a little bit of open communication at the very yeah. beginning. There's a way that you can communicate. You can show everybody one card in your in your hand and the way you place it on the table will tell you, hey, it's the only card I have of that suit. It's the highest card of that suit or it's the lowest card. Oh, that's you. you kind of like play it in front of you to kind of tell other people at, at the table that little bit of information and the base game itself like this little deck of cards and it comes with 50 different yeah. missions that you can play through and they all from what i heard that they all get kind of progressively harder so if you're a trick-taking game uh family or person i would highly recommend it's been getting lots of buzz the crew and then you can also go on their website if you play if you play through 50 missions they got another they got another 20 on their website oh wow as well that you can just print you can print off it the rules for so i really want to try cool. this one but uh it's a uh, yeah the crew add that to the the, the trick-taking card game genre cool um uh i just had to grab this one so i just so i could say the title properly um, uh, I've reviewed this one before, um, and it's uh, Archaeology, the New Expedition. If you're a big fan of uh, set collecting, um, uh, cashing in your sets for points, um, uh, uh, kind of exploring the deck, uh, trading in a market, uh, this is the game for you. It's kind of, I refer to it as uh, Indiana Jones in a, in a uh, deck set collecting game. So, uh, yeah, um, Archaeology, the crew. Uh, sorry, Archaeology, the New Expedition. And uh, I just want to quickly pop in another card game, Lords of Scotland. Um, I think I taught you this one, Ryan, when we went to uh, 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 
a convention and um you're basically cl um, little clans of scotland battling each other to uh to uh have the right to lead scotland and it's a kind of a skirmish game in a card system so yeah we're just scotland yeah it's a cool one too all right um ian i think it's your turn for a category uh, divulge Oh, he, but he has got one other card game. Oh, oh did I skip one? Oh, I actually, did too. Actually, actually, I'm going to mention two because they're very similar vein. Absolutely. So, For Sale and yeah. Biblios. Uh, they're both yes. card games that have like a the two-half aspect. And so you're collecting cards and then there's like an auction round and a, and a I guess, what would you call it? A selling round or something? Anyway, they both yeah. have two rounds. Um, two distinct rounds that you have to go through, but one will will determine what happens in the other. I would say for sale is is a little bit lighter, and it's more of one of those get anybody to play. And yeah. if you want something just a little bit more onto that, go and, with Biblos. The, the art's great. Like I just love the for sale stuff. Yeah, <laughs> good like stuff. the number one, yeah. you can live in a cardboard box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're buying houses and then you're selling the houses, and then in Biblios you're collecting books, and so you're collecting books and then you're um, buying Cashing books in. from auction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Those are two awesome uh, um, late late category entries. And I got a um, lot more card games, but they're gonna come up in a different category. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. All right, so, um, uh, well, you know what? You talked about chess, so why don't you, uh, Ian, why don't you lead us into the next category? Right, so the gift for people who like puzzles and abstract games. So I picked... Uh, one of each. So I'll talk about the puzzles first. Of course, if you're somebody that really likes puzzles, the where my mind goes is escape rooms because I love escape rooms and I miss escape rooms and I miss going out in public. But anyway, <laughs> a really good alternative to the escape room at home is, of course, the exit games. And Ryan put the unlock games in here as well. Those are those are good as well. I think the exit games are are just really well designed. They've got some really yeah. fun puzzles. We've talked about them before, but they're really good as gifts because they're like $15 or mm -hmm. something. Um, so they're cheap and easy to buy. And it's just a one-time shot, most of these games. And so that's that's fine. If, our, that's yeah. why it's a good gift because somebody's just like, oh, cool, let's check this out and yeah. have a good time with it. And our local game stores here in Saskatoon have a ton of them yeah. right now for the Christmas for the Christmas season. Definitely want to pick one up. Under 20 bucks. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you can't get out to break out escape rooms, go there and buy escape uh, uh, escape rooms in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, Norm, what do you got? Um, I'm going to start off with... Uh, with the 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 last one that i mentioned here um it is an abstract game that i did my research on 
and uh, I knew Ryan had a copy, so I, I begged him to to teach me and go through it. And this is Tash Kalar. Um, this is uh, basically take take chess, kind of take chess and turn it into a wizard's battle. And uh, using the cards in your hand and putting down, you're, you're slowly building patterns on this board. And then once a pattern appears uh, of a card that you have, the power unleashes and you get to, you know, uh, send some destruction to your, uh, your um, uh, opponent's way. And um, this is one of those games that I think is, is absolutely variable because you're playing against an opponent in an abstract setting who has choices to make and there's no script at all in this game so um yeah it's uh it's basically abstract uh wizard battle and talk so. about a puzzle like it is a brain melter oh <laughs> <laughs> there's times where you'll stare at the board for three minutes rotating a card going That'll never, and then you grab your next. Yeah, oh. That'll never work. Yeah, <laughs> and so, it, it's good. That's good too because it's got multiple modes of play. Like you can yeah. go a one v one. You can even do like a, a four person battle, or you can do kind of like a more of a puzzle mode. Yeah, type thing. It's yeah, that's a great, great, great suggestion. Cool. Well, where where my mind went, your mind is where my mind went was a great puzzle. Like one of my favorite puzzles to do are Sudoku's. And Sudoku with very colorful, pretty dice. And I'm going to mention Sagrada would be a great one if somebody yeah. likes, uh, like, kind of like that. It's that abstract type of game, yeah. but it's very puzzly in nature where there's goals of, oh, one game, it might be like you're trying to have different colors in the different rows. Yeah. But your columns have to have different numbers. Oh, but you also get bonus points for if you collect ones and twos type of thing and so it's like and the adjacency thing too yeah because you here's the sudoku part where it's like (laughs) two numbers two identical numbers can't not be uh side by side and two of the same colors also cannot be side by side and so it's like oh this grid starts filling in oh you've got this little um underlay card that kind of goes into this little board and it tells you some of those spots say, oh, this this spot specifically has to have a blue dice. Yeah, reserved or for the, this. Or, or, or yeah. this spot has specifically has to have a five on it. And is it, oh, a, is it a dice drafting system too? Dice drafting. A, the, oh, a so you pool can of hate dice draft. Gets, oh, that's, <laughs> if you're not hate drafting in this game, you ain't playing it right. <laughs> right on. Ian. And, yeah. Okay, for my abstract game, I decided this time I did decide to go with an old game just because I I know that it's a beloved game, but I don't know that I hear a lot about it much anymore. And that's Hive. Dude, Hive is game. a Hive is a, just a really great abstract game. Again, it's very it's chess like because you got different pieces that move differently, mm-hmm. um, but the board is constantly shifting and changing, and and uh, how you move the pieces is just something you really got to figure out. So and it's a small box. It's yeah. really nice tiles. I think it would be a good gift. Is there is there a domino esque kind of thing to this game? Am I am I not thinking correctly here? No, not really. Okay, or is it you have to uh, like adjacency has to be color or pattern or something like that? No, nope, no. The, the different there's different bugs on the tiles and the yeah. bugs just move differently. Oh, right? okay. So the ant the ant can move all the way around on the outside. 
grasshoppers can jump rows, oh, things like that. Player, or variable um, component the, powers. Cool. The, the, yeah. the mosquito sucks the power of the one that it's connected to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I hate mosquitoes. <laughs> um, uh, um, I want to talk about uh, one that Ryan's going to just wince here. Um, Shobu. Hey, there's the wince. Um, I often refer to Shobu as uh, sumo wrestling chess. Um, it's it's uh, it's straightforward. I mean, uh, it's one of these games where you have, there's four different uh, uh, grid tiles in front of you. And uh, ultimately, you ha- want to push the, uh, the opponents off of at least one of these four tiles in play. So you have these four micro games going on. And uh, yeah, you have to have total domination to win. And the, uh, it's, it's straightforward. One, one passive move, one active move. And um, the, uh, the rules can't be any simpler, but the puzzle is so confusing and complex. Um, so show boo yeah i love this one ryan i know you want to chime in yeah no because i'm horrible at this game <laughs> i love this game i hate this game yeah <laughs> yeah um I'm, I'm gonna jump aboard the the chess train i just changed my thing in the notes but i'm gonna jump aboard the and it's uh onitama yeah it's a great game and i like to think of onitama as a chess-like game where it's uh, there's a kind of a running theme this show. Ian started it off great with the Queen's Gambit, and <laughs> yeah. uh, where but every game you the the way that your pieces can move change like the moves that they can do change every game because you uh, draft or you you kind of select a five cards out of this massive deck of cards, and each card describes movement of every single every single piece can move on the way that this card describes. But the fact that if I use the turtle move uh, on one of one of my pieces, now that card is eventually going to go back to my mm-hmm. opponent for them to be able to use that particular move. And then you're just trying to either just like, you know, um, take out the opponent's master pawn or get your master pawn all the way to the staircase of your His opponent's yeah. type of thing. So you're just doing all these movements uh, it's it's fantastic. It's really it's really well done. Great components. Production quality is great. I love the cycling of those cards because the cycling of the moves yeah. is the really interesting piece. Yeah, yeah. So. That keeps it that keeps it so interesting. Totally. Um, right on. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, whose turn is it to read a category? Is it I'll Ryan? Just, I think it's, I'll, I'll just take it over. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I think it's your turn. Yeah. Um, so the next category I kind of think is the gift for people who like storytelling. Yeah. Like, it's like maybe you got people that like to read books or are really indulged in stories and type of thing. And so some of the ones that I kind of thought about with this, that this kind of big, uh, a trend nowadays in, in games is to have these, these nice big games that kind of tell a big overall story, maybe have some sort of a campaign involved. So I went with the uh, the Fantasy Flight, like um, if they're into horror, Cthulhu mythos, they could pick up like say Mansions of Madness mm-hmm. is a great type of uh, story type. Maybe if they're more into like a fantasy setting, they could pick up uh, Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth, which we have talked about on the show before. So those would be two fantastic because the, the story is kind of also what's driving the gameplay. Yeah. 
in 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 those types of in te, in those types of games. And these ones are more of an investment type of game because you're going to get a lot of gameplay out of these ones. And they are they do run at a higher price tag. They're, you're thinking about a hundred dollars probably yeah. for one of these, but it is an investment. It is you do get that money's worth out of all of the plays to tell that all of those stories that are within those games. Cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, and, and then I, it's harder to find. It's in the same vein, but Star Wars Imperial Assault does the same type of uh, type of thing for these for these games now because it has an app that tells a story while you play. But that game's not available anymore. But Lord of the Rings and Mansions of Madness are readily available. Cool. Well, when I saw storytelling, my brain immediately went into one of my favorite games, which is Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from way back, but. The, the latest edition is fifth edition, but if if you don't want to dive into that completely and you still want to have that that uh, that um, narrative storytelling aspect, uh, Legacy of Dragonhold is by far the choose your own adventure D and D questing um, uh, uh, board game uh, that uh, um, uh, I've had a lot of fun with, it, and uh, everybody who I've shown this to uh, immediately. Um, you know, connected with it, and uh, they, uh, yeah, they, they, it's it's a good kind of showing the people if they want to get into that RPG stuff, it's not really a big step, and you get you know a richer environment and a richer experience. So, yeah, Dean uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition uh, or Legacy of Dragonhold. Ian. Okay, I kind of went. Uh, I decided that. For storytelling, I might recommend a legacy game because yeah. I think most of us here are big legacy fans. I know I've played quite a few. Um, if I'm thinking about the story itself, what are some that have really good stories? The very first legacy game is one I would absolutely recommend, and that's <laughs> Risk Legacy. And so I th- there's still quite a few copies of Risk Legacy out there. And so I would highly recommend that. It's, I mean people know how to play risk but mm-hmm. this adds so many so many cool elements and twists and turns it really is like telling a big story and then even more in line with the storytelling is of course the most popular legacy game out there which is pandemic legacy if for some reason you haven't tried it or the person you're buying a gift for hasn't tried it that would be a good one too because it's very focused on story as you go through it and by the end, it's very exciting. I mm. I really liked it. We just won't use the word pandemic. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> the oh, beep right. legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, just cha- I just changed my note again. <laughs> but when we just started thinking, I just thought of the one that I was trying to think about for all these days. And these are the graphic novel <clears> adventures. <throat> um, if you haven't heard about these, are published by Van Ryder Games. And they're kind of coming on the... And what a graphic novel adventure book is, it, it's well, it's a graphic novel, for example. It's kind of like a comic book. But what you're kind of going through is that you're going through a story. It's very choose-your-own adventure, but uh, it's also got role-playing elements inside of it. it. They're really, really quite new. They're, they're really quite neat. I would highly recommend. Uh, you can pick these up at uh, Breakout Escapes, actually. They have a nice uh, little collection of them yeah. that you can pick up off their shelves. Cool. Cool. 
Yeah, I've always wanted to try those. They look so interesting, and it's the same kind of... I've never heard of them before. Kind of based off... To me, it, it's kind of based off that same initiative of the escape rooms where you're, you're just solving a mystery. Yeah. Hmm. Too yeah. cool. Um, uh, let's move on. Um, the, uh, the gift for couples who play games together. Now, my wife's favorite hobby is reading, which doesn't lend very well to me playing games. <laughs> but when we do... Um, uh, I'm gonna. I'm basically putting what sh- what she likes to uh, to play when we have time and uh, Dragon Castle. Um, if you know Mahjong or if you've played Mahjong on a PC, um, you could put this one on the table and figure it out instantly. Um, uh, this is uh, Dragon Castle. Is is that idea? You're taking Mahjong tiles off a big off a big pile that's already kind of set up created revealing new tiles and new colors and new symbols underneath and you're building your own little uh, realm in front of you respecting the rules of building and, and so on and so forth and uh, it is a um, what it reminds me of too is is that idea of in Ticket to Ride where you finally cash in your trains to get certain amount of points this is that same concept where as you're building as you're building your your tableau in front of you with these mahjong tiles if you wait long enough to connect a big chain together you score more points if you if you uh, consolidate a smaller chain you get smaller points right um yeah uh, it's it's so straightforward it's so much fun dragon castle okay i'm just gonna do my mine are very quick because these are ones that i've talked about over and over again Targi. <laughs> Wait, Targi, have you mentioned that one? I don't think he's mentioned that or the expansion at all. Well, not in the last five minutes anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Targi, the number two favorite game of all time. Greatest two-player game of all time. Not going to argue. Um, Jarpur is a great two-player game of set collecting and kind of yeah. reading your opponent. and play. Great. Seven Wonders Duel. I've mentioned that one to death on this show lots as well. Another fantastic and then, of course, the one that I just kind of mentioned before, you can't find it right now, but Mandala is going to be right up in that category yeah. of those three. Cool. But, hmm, cool. Yeah, those games are great two-player, two-player experiences. All right. Ian? Uh, I, I picked a couple. One is, a, again, an older game, sort of like Hive. It's Lost Cities, which is a really good game just for two players. It's a Kinesia card game where you're, there's five different expeditions you can go on, which basically means five different card suits color cards and you have to get with your hand of cards you want to try to join expeditions play the cards but you've got to play them in order so if you play like three and then you put down a five well you can't put down the four anymore and so then you have to add up the points of how many you get but of course the other person is stealing your cards as well Um, so it's a good back and forth uh, two-player game and then one that's not doesn't have to be two players but works really well as a two-player game is one that we all had on our top 50 lists. Uh, so I won't say much about it, but it's Five Tribes. Yeah. I think Five Tribes works really well as a two-player game, but can also play three or four. So It's very underrated at two players. Yeah, in yeah my it's opinion. really good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, let's move on. Uh, Ian, would you uh, would you like to... Let us know what uh, what's hanging above the on the mantle. <laughs> sure. So the stocking stuffer uh, present. So if you think about what to get gamers in their stockings, 
Well, of course, you're thinking small, right? What's something that's small? So what kind of small games do we have? <laughs> lots um, of card games, it looks like. Of, yeah, most of these are be card games. The one I thought is actually my the last game that I bought, uh, but one that I've played before, which is Innovation. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very small. It, the, the new box that it comes in, the new edition, is really tiny, and so it's easy to, to get in that sock. Um, yeah, so Innovation. And then I thought... You guys have some other good ones, so I'm just going to say maybe look at the games of the person you want to buy for and maybe if there's like small expansions, yeah, then throw mm-hmm. those in, like little Carcassonne expansions or whatever. Those Go are on BGG, good. order some promo cards or something. Yeah, or... yeah right. absolutely. Cool. I'm, I'll, I'm going to quickly run through my list. I'm not going to explain much because we're just going to boom, boom, boom. These are all I, these are all ones that are small to fit in a stocking. So uh, Cockroach Poker. Uh, great. Love that game. Bluffing game. Uh, Silver and Gold. Uh, great kind of, uh, of uh, flip and rate game. Anomia uh, is, is a, basically a card game with giggles built in. I, I, I dare you not to play this game and, and, and cry laughing. Uh, that's very clever. Nice dice rolling, uh, roll and write game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not the name of the game. So, Gonchon Clever. Gonchon Clever. Okay. And, um, <laughs> uh, and Shot and Totten, which is, uh, Reiner Kinizia, uh, kind of like, uh, dueling, uh, dueling players across the, across the fence kind of thing. So yeah, those are all great little, uh, stocking stuff for inexpensive ga- inexpensive titles. Ryan. I'm going to do one that Ian mentioned in the card games, and that's for sale because you can get this little small pack called the Travel Edition, yeah. which is just a box which just just fits the cards very nicely, in their, and it comes with paper-thin coins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's a very, very, very tiny box. Very great. Um, Star Realms is a very fantastic two-player card type of game that comes in a very tiny deck box that is very uh, fun. Uh, Hanabi is a great small cooperative type of game where you're trying to build a fireworks display, which is really fun. Sushi Go comes in a semi... The, the, the old edition came in a big metal tin, but nowadays it kind of comes in more of like a... Uh, kind of like a Walmart paper cardboard um, card box now. So it's actually really quite uh, compact. And if you want to go really, really small... There's a little company out there called Oink Games, and they come in these super tiny little packages. But from what I can tell, from what I've heard, they pack a lot of game oh, yeah. into these like into these very almost kind of like a gum gum box. I own Insider. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, and so like a couple I picked here were Startups and Insider, kind of like the ones that I hear lots about. Um, Deep Sea Adventure is another yeah. one. But they're very very tiny. They're, yeah. they're, it's actually well, uh, quite comical how tiny one? these games uh, are. Fake Artist Goes to New York. Fake Artist Goes yeah. to New York is another one, yeah. too. And yeah, cool. it is quite comical how small these games are and how much game they pack into them. Um, yeah, so on. those Oink games are pretty, pretty fun. And they're pretty inexpensive, too, like the good stocking stuffers are. Cool. Well, Ryan, you've got kids. So why don't you uh, <laughs> lead us in? Well, I've got kids, too, but you got kids. I got um, kid kids. You got kid kids. So, so lead us in. So maybe you want to get your kid, if you have kids. Hooked if on, you have kids, on the hobby. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to buy them a game. Well, a couple of the ones that we've been really enjoying, or one that Regan really enjoys labory, uh, lately, <laughs> laborly, is <laughs> Labyrinth. Um, if you remember from the from 
I don't know, the 80s or something, there was a game called The Amazing Labyrinth, and now they just repackaged it, and it's now just called Just Labyrinth. It's a really fun, almost like Suro-like, um, creating a labyrinth path, and you got to get to your little treasure. That's and it. That Don't be confused and... with the David Bowie movie. Yeah, no, this is not like... Because <laughs> there is a board game for that, too. Yes, but yes. Yeah, no, this is a take on the amazing labyrinth. And cool. if you and if you're a hobby gamer and you're just kind of getting you want to get them into it, there are a couple kids editions of games like there's mm-hmm. called My First Carcassonne, which takes a very simple game like Carcassonne and really <laughs> makes it a little bit more simpler. And then there's also um, Ticket to Ride, My uh, My First Journey, which is also takes that very simple Ticket to Ride system but makes it very kid friendly. Nice, beautiful, big art. The paths aren't very long cool um, type thing so those are great i would say those would be great kid recommendations cool well i i'm a big crokinole fan and i'm thinking if you want to get your kids into that get um get them a real cool flicking game which is ice cool um uh, and, and another one if uh if your your kids like um memory games or memorization uh, the magic labyrinth is kind of like a hidden maze that you have to bring your do- dude around on the board uh, and uh, if you if your kids love dexterity games, uh, Animal Upon Animal is a stacking game that uh, is got that same Jenga anxiety built in. So, uh, yeah, those are three quick picks for me for kids. So there you go. Um, uh, what do you guys think we should go on to our, our into our little Christmas wish lists? Yeah, I can, yeah, I, we, we, yeah we can do that. Okay, um, uh, Ian. <laughs> Why, why, why don't you n- not give us a maybe you want this on your wish list? Give us a definitive. This is on. This is carved in stone on my wish list. Oh man, I don't know. Like I'm. You're not committing yeah. to anything, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, we're in a weird place where I'm not really playing games, and so I'm not thinking about getting games. But of course, you guys have been talking about me at Marvel Champions quite a bit, which has got me thinking that maybe, maybe that's the Marvel game I want. Uh, the only thing that I'm apprehensive about is that when you did the review, you were mentioning three and four players isn't as good, um, which is usually where I play. Like I usually play in the three to four player range. So it's the only lately. thing that's got me a little apprehensive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not <laughs> one day maybe I'll do that again. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking that might be a kind of a cool one to play. Right on. To get. And then, of course... Uh, Ryan's been talking up Targi so much, so uh, maybe yeah, that one might work. <laughs> <laughs> that is the and, most commitment I've heard from you ever. <laughs> and then I was trying to think, like, I kind of want to get one of those, you know, a, a new Euro, like a new big Euro. Um, and I remember really liking the the Voyages of Marco Polo when Ryan had it. And I thought, well, maybe that's... I, I don't really have any of those ge- dice uh, placement games, mm-hmm. and that might be a good option. Then they just came up with a new one called uh, Voyages of Marco Polo 2, but that goes against your rule. That goes yeah. away against my rule, so I'm not even <laughs> thinking about it. Don't start a book series on book five. <laughs> cool. Cool. Anything else to uh, add to that wish list? That's a, that's a pretty short wish list, man. I, don't know, I need some socks. I need some new socks. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll trade you some uh, sheep for those socks. <laughs> um, uh, uh, mine has only one new game, and the rest are like old, you know, old <coughs> clankers. Um, the I can't, I can't not want to go see the new Dune movie. And when they told me that 
hey, I already have the old Dune game here, but there's a new one coming out. I must have it. So, yeah, Dune Imperium. The, the spice must flow. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Dune Imperium, totally want to... Like Ian said, I just want to open it up and, and like, look through the cards, <laughs> like, at Christmas. Um, Clans of Caledonia. Uh, Ryan taught me this game a couple years ago, and I still can't stop thinking about it. Um, uh, That's news, a good sign. You should probably buy it then. Yeah. Or, news sorry, Fjord, get it for Christmas. Get it for Christmas. Um, <laughs> love my Euro uh, uh, Rosenberg stuff, so Noosefjord um, has always been on my radar. And uh, I've played oh. this game enough times that I should have it, and it's Underwater City. So, yeah, there's my four. Yeah, those are old clankers. That, that underwater cities was like two years ago. In 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 cardboard years, that's fifteen, <laughs> man. <laughs> Newsfjord, actually, that reminds me. Another one that I could possibly put on the list is a uh, feast for Odin. Might be might be one I'm interested in too. I think you'll need a bigger table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, sure. So. Um, I want to get the new hotness game that every podcast is <laughs> of talking you about. Do. But I want to get the Lost Ruins of Arnak, which is okay. a what? <laughs> yeah. So I've been hearing about this one a lot. Tell me about it. I, I so there. I just hear the name a lot, but I don't really know anything about it yet. So I don't know a ton about it, but I do know that it is deck building and worker placement. But they're tall. They're calling this one like kind of like the quintessential Indiana Jones type of exploration temple exploration type of game oh, don't say that which okay, is like and, it, and, it, and it's all about the combo building and it's all about uh yeah it, it just sounds so cool the pictures of it look gorgeous oh, so yeah. i'm just I'm, I'm i'm itching to get at that because it's the new hotness um bonfire is the new is another new stefan feld game and i love me my stefan feld games so that always goes on the list i don't know if it's going to come out before christmas though yeah is the type of thing um, one that's hidden the stores really quite recently because I'm a really fan of the West Kingdom games and there's the third in the West Kingdom trilogy Viscounts of the West Kingdom is coming out I don't know much about it but um, I'm a collector and so I have the other two I need to have the third <laughs> one in the series and then of course the new Alexander Fister game that's going to be coming out Cloud Age is right on top of my my wish list so those four are kind of like the ones that are in the the back of my mind that cool yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll put them up, and I know that I'm not going to get them for Christmas because Jen thinks I have too many games to to uh, to start with. So <laughs> <laughs> you you keep saying that and giggling at the same time. I'm getting mixed mixed messages here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I want new games, but again, we know that I'm not going to get to play those new games very yeah. often. <laughs> well, let's let's put that on our on our Christmas list. Is that uh, I want, to play, games I want to play games with people again. Games with people. Yeah, you yeah. want a vaccine on the list. Yeah, the yeah. wish list. I think that's on everybody's wish list. Absolutely. Well, vaccine. we've uh, we've come to that point, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. This is where right. we say thank you very much for uh, for listening to us uh, blather on about uh, cardboard and how awesome it is. Um, uh, so, uh, yes, thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us. Uh, I'm your host, Norm. I've been Ryan. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm Ian. And <laughs> we'll catch you later. <laughs> 
This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039. Yeah.